Give us any chance, we'll take it. Read us any rule, we'll break it. We're gonna make our dreams come true. Join it our way. Welcome to Night After Night, a podcast about eight seasons in a row. I am Lisa Fernandes and... I am Christopher Jaiwardna. Uh, we recorded this episode weeks uh, before the death of Fred Willard, and we just wanted to say that his work was, is a, incredible. He has a beautiful legacy behind him, and we will miss seeing him on our screens. Absolutely. Yeah, there's there's many projects, you know, going back through his filmography. There were things that, there's even projects I had seen him in that I forgot he was even in there, like in Salem's Lot. I forgot he was in that. Um and uh, you know, it's it, he's definitely one of those memorable character actors, and especially in this episode, he gave a wonderful performance. And we do talk about it, obviously, but yes. um, but we just wanted to, you know, give our our special little shout out to know that you know we uh, we're we're gonna miss you, Fred. You were good people. You were you were one of our favorite guests on this show, and one of the favorite actors to see in the movies. So here's hoping you're you're making folks laugh up there. All of this, all of this. And we are here with Dog Days Blind Dates, season one episode. It was directed by James Burroughs, who is a total sitcom legend. Uh, You've seen his work if you have watched literally any sitcom that's been made in the last roughly 30 years. He's everywhere. He has done everything. He is a total legend. The The episode was written by Dale McRaven. And the plot goes like this. Laverne's new regular date, Charles, whom Shirley disapproves of for wearing a pinky ring, sets Shirley up with his cousin, Buck, an Arizona-bred poultry-running cowboy with a suspicious-looking suitcase. The two head out on a double date to the pizza bowl with the men, and while they both seem charming initially, it turns out that they have ulterior motives. Buck plants a bomb in the men's room of the pizza bowl to break into the neighboring bank, leaving the girls and Lenny and Squiggy, who were staying behind slightly after hours to finish the game they were playing, Hostages when the police arrive. Boys and girls then engage in a battle of wits and fisticuffs to get an opportunity to seize the day. What do you think of this one? This was a blast, and yeah. <laughs> I, I love this for multiple reasons. I I, uh, I love that it has it's a great use of the physical comedy with the dialogue comedy. The zingers mm-hmm. are fantastic throughout. It's great to see the gang of four. This is one of the episodes you really get to see. Yeah. Uh, Len, uh, Laverne, Shirley, Lenny, and Squeaky, all four really get to interact a bunch. Yeah, dude, Fred Willard. Fred, Fred Willard was the first point I was gonna make. Fred Willard. Oh, I'm sorry for stealing your thunder on that, because God, that's that's yeah. a point to make. God, he's great in this. He is great in this. He is really funny, and this is one of his uh, very first roles. You know, everybody knows he goes on to go and star in several of Christopher Guest's guest comedies, and he's just funny in this. He's, he's more straight manish, mm-hmm. you know, to kind of contrast with the wacky adventures of everybody else. But he's very good. This is very, it's very good performance. Yeah, I'd like to think that he's like the nephew of the character he played in Anchorman. You know, because <laughs> I mean the because I mean in Anchorman, yeah, his character is, always that. has that son, right? That he's he's on the phone yeah. talking about. It's like it's like it, it's like Junior, stop! You know, stop! You, you need to let the hostages go, and he puts down the phone. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> and I can just imagine that this is you know the nephew doing other other bullshit that his own uh, father is doing is very very upset with him. Yeah, can envision it at this point. Yeah, the, the interesting thing about this episode, when you really think about it, is Shirley's trying very, very hard to be sensible here. 
She's yes. trying really hard to be sensible and going, there's something wrong with this man. I don't know what's wrong with this man, but he's very charming, so I'm just going to kind of turn off my brain and just kind of mm. go with the flow, and he's cute, and he's nice, and he's taking me bowling, and his suitcase is strange, but I'm just going to ignore that, and everybody just ignores it until boom, literal mm-hmm. boom. Mm-hmm. And, <laughs> and Squiggy has a great line. Boy, he, he needed to go bad. <laughs> I love <laughs> Still that. Still a good God. line. Oh, so good. That's still a great line. Yeah, this is one of the very first episodes where you get to spend time with our four principals and they're together in a group and forced to work together. And the dynamics are interesting in various ways. They are not fully developed. They will develop somewhere past High Neighbors uh, into what they become throughout the series. But here, I love the little... Little details, the interaction, like um, Shirley refusing to lie down next to Lenny on the floor. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For some mm-hmm. reason, that she never explains. The show never explains. She's never that adverse to him again mm-hmm. afterwards. But she just will not lie down on the floor next to him. And he just says, it doesn't matter. Who cares? We're going to die. Right, <laughs> and right. Just, and they go, boy, feel- girl, boy, girl. She's next to him. She's not next to him. She manages to avoid being next to him for a little bit. And then she's next to him again anyway. Right. And I, up, so. I feel like in some respects, what it is, is that it's the, you know, my feeling about Shirley, as I've discussed with you, is that there's always this sense that she has to have some semblance of control of a situation. Yeah. And it felt like yeah. she that was the only way that she had any semblance of having agency in the situation was just to yeah. deny the person that was going to sit next to her. That was like their only her only option. Yeah. That's all I have. And to keep Laverne from going in the bathroom and doing one of the boys. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Up. That told us that we, well, we got two minutes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, this is a <laughs> I, I love how like this is a PG-13 episode very yeah. much. And it's it's yeah. a because you got your elements of danger. You got your elements of sex. You got your elements of comedy and, and banter and stuff. That's very it's got those little little extra oomphs. I mean, there's some very yeah. sweet and, and childlike episodes at times. Like, uh, yeah. I know there's another one that is, comes up pretty soon. But yeah. th- this one's smack dab in that little range. And I love how it it, yeah. it, it uses it, you know. Yeah. This isn't as um, adult as we will get down the line. This isn't playing the Roxy. This isn't like the, this isn't even the, the Bachelor Party episode that we just watched, but it is up. It's kind of like mid level, yeah. It's kind of you get the violence, you get the threat of the girls possibly being killed, and you get the possibility of them just going in the bathroom and going for it. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's the ultimate question, now, kids. Would you go through eternity linked with Lenny and Squiggy? That's the ultimate question. <laughs> All of the other, you know other yeah, it's it is it is as important a question as Picard or Kirk. <laughs> that this fandom this is the Picard or Kirk question <laughs> that basically is basically is except you when you go uh, deeper into California years and you get asked further questions and that's coming that's coming it's coming oh, children uh, oh no gird yourselves oh no Okay. Okay. See, 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 folks yeah. at home. I didn't get an evil laugh. I'm feeling fine now. I'm feeling fine. I feel safe. I feel safe. <laughs> I'm now Kermit frowning because I decided to open my big trap. Okay. <laughs> Nuns with pickles. Oh God. Anyway, um, so the other thing I found absolutely hilarious with this episode was um, the cowboy with the suitcase. Yeah. That yes. is an an amazing 
little character that I yeah. love how distinctive and layered he is. And when I, I went back and rewatched yeah. the episode to make sure that, you know, we watch it together and then come back to yeah. you know, just see if there's anything I missed and seeing yeah. how consistent his details are, like how he doesn't want anybody around because he doesn't want anybody yeah. around when the bomb goes off because, you know, yeah. he knows what's going to happen if he if he kills anybody. Yeah. Which is and, then- and you would. Th- you would think I just to quickly say you would think yeah, that's a moral on. issue, but given that he's totally fine with shooting hostages, my suspicion is it more has to do with he knows that killing somebody with the bomb is gonna you know get him the chair practically, basically. Yeah, yeah. If the cops or if they just shoot him and there's a hostage thing that there's kind of like a tiny bit of little bit of, oh they made me do it. You next to him with a bomb, you blow them up. You know, it's basically terrorism. Bye bye. Even right. back in the sixties. Right. Which is yeah. No, this is we're still in the fifties here. We're still, still in the, the yeah. We're yeah. We're still in the fifties. Yeah. 50s. The, yeah. Yes, the, yes, the yes, Weatherman yes. Underground is still about a decade away. <laughs> oh, there's an episode. Well, it's coming. It's okay. coming. There's an um, episode. It's yeah. coming. Well, that would be interesting. Eight. <laughs> I Buck is hilarious for multiple reasons. First of all, he's this guy who was met. He met. He met Charles in a dirty bookstore. In a dirty bookstore. And the two of them decide to plan a robbery together. They clearly zoom in on Laverne, saying, oh, she's this guy's daughter. She could probably get us access into this restaurant that's right next to the bank. And they go through all this planning, and they still screw it up. Mm-hmm. They are still, uh, uh, basically in the words of Lenny and Squiggy, worse, worse crooks than uh, they are, right. so to speak. Oh, what is it? Uh, crime, clearly, crime doesn't pay. Well, yeah, not the way they do it. Not the way they do it. <laughs> Love that line too. That's also a great line. Yep. That's also a and, great line. Yeah. The um I also enjoy, I think this is another reason why I, I really adored this episode. This is one of my favorites I think we've gone through so far. Yeah. Is that you get to see a lot of spunk from all these characters, you know. Yeah. Um it, it truly shows that that spunk is not dead, you know, when you see Nah, uh. no, sorry, I had to hit you with that one. Anyway, uh but when Laverne by the her- DVD children by the DVD, <laughs> um, but the uh, when seeing Laverne take take out Charles with a with mm-hmm. a nice good little elbow, and then get the gun. Yeah, well, yeah. you're tired. You're yearning. You're poor. You're gone. Yeah, Great I love line. that. There, there's Great it's line. a yeah. It just because I I feel like one of the problems I find with a lot of sitcoms is that the characters, especially protagonists, don't feel very in control of the wild situations that are happening. I find yeah. it funnier when they are in situa- situations where they can control it and they do something yeah. either hilarious or fun, basically. Yeah. This allows yeah. the episode to be fun and not feel like it's constantly having to get a laugh out of you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not like being manipulated by the plot, so to speak. Laverne goes, hey, I'm going to do this. And so she tells Shirley that she might die doing this. Mm-hmm. But she's going to do it to try to save her life and save the boys' lives. And right. she finally admits that the boys are her friends in this episode. Even though she'll she'll walk that back in a few episodes, but then she'll walk it forward again. Because yeah. Yeah, th- there is actual character development that will happen in this sitcom. You just have to wait for it. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait for it beneath the goofiness. Wait for it. Mm. That's coming. But yeah, I don't... And um, I also love how Shirley is able to figure out that something's up with the with the ring in particular, because you know, obviously that, become, yeah. you know, by, by I would figure yeah. by the time the show came around, the ra- the pinky ring was pretty much clearly a sign of the mafia, you know, especially yeah. this, is po- this is post Godfather, you know, it's uh, you get the, the sort of vibe. And then there's that question that she says, it's like, where is he getting all this money from? Where is he getting the money for all yeah. these things he's doing? And yeah. 
And so those like elements that, yeah, it just, it makes it really engaging. I mean, as I've, I don't know how deeply we've talked about this on the show so far, but I mean, you know, I'm more of a dramatic writer than a comedy guy. And, Uh and so it's, um, it's always nice to see those little details that, that me, a narrative person gets to go, "Mm, yes, tasty treat. Kind of, kind of hooks you into it, kind of charms you into it, so to speak. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. There's, there's like a really good bit here, like I said um, earlier, where the girls talk about living for the moment. This is what this, this is what the episode is basically about. You know, we saved it for nothing. I wanted to have a baby, poor Shirley goes and says. And it's interesting how they decide, heck, yeah, I'm going to start living after this is over. And then... As, as the show goes on, they kind of do this and kind of don't do this and they kind of castigate themselves for not doing this. And it's an interesting sort of starting point for the kind of development they'll go, they're going to go through and end up somewhere around season seven. They're looking back on everything they've done at the cusp of being 30 and going, wow, in a way, you know, this is what we've mm-hmm. accomplished. This is how far we've come and yet we haven't come far at all. Uh, hash, hashtag relatable. Yeah, yeah. The show gets kind of like, kind of like heavy around season six or seven. It's I, people, people, kind of stomp on the California years for various reasons, and it's kind of like ridiculous. They really should have gone to New York and not ended up in California. I will say that there's some interesting stuff that happens character wise there. Do you feel like that kind of relates happens. to? Do you feel like it relates to where it kind of is starting to go in this in this uh, particular episode? Like, do you see any signs of that? There's like a there are little tiny hints that I'm sure they weren't thinking that far ahead. <laughs> you know, I'm pretty sure at season one they weren't like thinking, oh, we're going to run seven to eight seasons and we're going to end up this far ahead of uh, the you know mm-hmm. this far ahead of the game. But you can kind of see where they're defining the girls and how they're defining the girls. Mm-hmm. Shirley has this more traditional dream, and you know she's sad that she made Carmine wait in a way. Right. She's sad yeah. that he waited, he's waited so patiently. I still love that <laughs> one, too. There's a lot of really good lines in this episode. Oh, yeah, well, like the... Uh... Absolutely. Yeah, there's some great, there's some great lines. I mean, just the just exchanges in this are really across the board from all the characters you get to interact with are hysterical. Like I love when Lenny and Squeaky are first seen. They're playing that driving yeah. game in the, yeah. in the pizza bowl, and it's uh, and it's like, hey, you ran over that cow. Now that wasn't a cow. That clearly was a school bus. <laughs> it's gaming cruising USA flashbacks. Uh, I know more about driving than you do. I have more tickets and everything. <laughs> I think so. that's great. <laughs> and then I love. And like the little bit from Pop where it's, you know, she, because yeah. it's the moment when you see that, okay, you know, Frank is, is clearly, you know, he really wants the business. The business is ev- is kind of, is kind of in some ways, everything. He loves Laverne. Yeah. He loves his daughter. Yeah. And then when he sees her with the date and the date's kind of going well, and the guy looks like he's doing fine, he kicks everybody out immediately. He's just yep. like, all right, everybody yep. out. Yep. Everybody you out. Go home. Grandkids. Yep. Exactly. You see those grandkids. Yep. Yep. That that becomes both something that becomes a drive for his character going forward in the series, and something that p- provides a bone of contention for the two of them to struggle over for the next like five, six seasons. And it just yeah, I don't know. There is going to be touching in some ways. It's going to be sad in some ways. It's going to be funny in some ways. 
There's mm. a whole episode about how desperate, you know, and how he, he's so desperate to get her to marry, be married off and to have a kid that she has this dream about it. And there's like, oh boy, there's a whole thing that we'll, we'll analyze that one when we get there. The season's ass- away. I'm assuming it's not as upbeat as the final scene of Raising Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's uh, semi, it's funny at least. Okay. Funny is, funny is good. It's fat phobic as hell, but uh, we'll get there. We'll get there. That's awesome. what we're going to sell the t-shirt. That's, yeah. We'll get there. So, you know, because okay, I, I mean, I feel like we've been going back and forth. Is there anything that you also, you felt coming back to this episode, anything that always stands out to you that you feel doesn't get enough attention when people discuss the first season? Gosh, let me think. I honestly the timing the timing is so so good in this mm-hmm. episode it's really good the way all four of our principles just bounce off of one another and you know uh considering what it was like in the writer's room what it was like you know on the set all week now a lot of that is just chemistry yeah a lot of that's just Definitely. them looking at each other and going yeah let's do it in a lot of ways and then they but the chemistry is really good, really strong, and uh, so is the um, the dialogue's good in this one. Really mm-hmm. good. When you consider where we end up in some episodes, this is like masterful in a lot of ways, and kind of underrated. But this episode is pretty fairly popular in the fandom, I'd say. Nice. That's pretty that's good to popular. hear because I I really. Yeah, again, it's another episode that I could see being extended into a full like feature film with these characters because yeah. they are strong enough to carry it for a good 90 minutes. And and in some respects, even the yeah. whole hostage situation yeah. clearly has that aspect of like um, Petrified Forest, which uh, I finally yeah. watched for the first time recently. Gosh, I haven't seen that in a long time, but I've seen that. Yeah. It's really good. It is very it's good. Really, really good. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's come for the Laverne and Shirley. Stay for the classic movie recommendations. <laughs> Come for the movie analysis. Somehow, we'll, somehow, we'll, how we'll end up circling back to Evil Dead and professional wrestling. We'll get there. Oh. <laughs> hey, it's it's your it's your show. I just I just work here. It's our show. It's our show. It's our show. <laughs> but yet, what I was going to bring up is that it's very interesting in this episode how Shirley kind of is more wise to the, wise to the ways of men than Laverne. They were going to pass this baton back and forth because of being smart to what guys do, mm-hmm. what some jerks will try to do, the way some evil men will do horrible things. But they pass that wiseness baton back and forth between the two of them. And in this case, Shirley has it, and she's looking at Laverne going, you keep going out with these guys. You don't know who the heck they are. In a lot of ways, yeah. she 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 she's been dating Charles for like I think two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. Yeah, two weeks. That's the line. And and she's like, you don't really know this guy, and that comes up again. I think the next episode because she keeps picking up these guys. No, it just comes up in dating slump. This comes mm. up in dating slump. This is mm. a, this is a couple more episodes. Uh, she keeps bring, she brings it up, and Laverne's just like, well, you know, hey, you know, basically, it's a cute guy. I'm gonna go for it. A lot of, mm. And that's pretty, pretty much the ethos that drives her and for the whole series and eventually results in her flanderization. They go mm. really, really way too hard on it by season six and season seven. And, you know, it gets nasty in a way. But we'll get there. 
we'll get there. By the way, do do you want to explain for anyone who might be listening, just like especially like say older fans that aren't as up on TV tropes about what flanderization means? I just realized I, I've been yes, thinking about yes. that. That's been bugging yes, me. Yes, yes. Flanderization is the process of taking a character that's more complex and three-dimensional and just boiling them down over time to only a few traits uh, yeah. and just hammering hard on those traits. Like It comes from the character of Ned Flanders who was introduced on The Simpsons as this nice guy who's religious and happy and kind to the point where he kept on annoying the heck out of Homer and eventually he became a religious fundamentalist. To the point right. where he would let his children suffer with the, with the flu to the point where they were seeing God, you know, because he didn't want to give them medicine because Jesus. Right. Uh, which yeah, so early it's... season Ned would never do. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, God. I actually do remember that episode. That was terrifying. Oy. Mommy? I think he says mommy because uh, this, um, this is after his mother died. I think that's what Rod says. But I can't remember. Jeez. Reminds me of um, anyway. the old, the uh, Simpsons conversation I had on Twitter with Allison. Shout out to Allison um, mm. about what uh, modern Simpsons has done to the show versus uh, it's, yeah, what, what it used to be like. It used to be very good, kids, as mm. anybody will tell you. <laughs> you and long, long ago, it was it was very good. <laughs> it was moving. I used to do yeah. more working there. It was oh, I bet. Yeah. It was important. Yeah. As someone who always related to Lisa Simpson. Yeah. Yeah. But back onto the topic. <laughs> back right. back to the other kind of sitcom there. Right. But yeah, this is an excellent episode. This is a damn good episode. You need to mm-hmm. look up this episode, kids. This is one of the best of this season. Uh that if you if you're going to pick four episodes. Get this, get high neighbors, get born for raspberries, and I'd probably toss on once upon a rumor onto this mm. pile mm-hmm. it's pretty that'd be my season one starter pack for anybody interested in the show because that covers a lot of what the show does we'll, we'll make sure to That's write that down lot. and make sure it's on our it's on our Jad twitter it down children Jad down. i'm actually tw- I'm gonna tweet that, that <laughs> i will tweet that awesome but yeah yeah okay yeah. now where would you rank this one Man, I gotta give this a solid nine, maybe nine and a half. I mean, the only yeah. the only thing is just that I like the only like point loss or point detraction I would say is there's a couple of awkward transitions uh, from the commercial breaks, um, which means that I think they wrote it in such a way or, or blotted it in a certain way that I think it wasn't until the AD probably comes over and tells them, uh, yeah, we we timed the shot and we need to actually cut back and make sure that this is the the, the commercial is going to come back at this point. So there's a couple of awkward points there, but otherwise, I mean, I love the character stuff in this. I love the theme. I love the comedy. I love the cops swarming the place. Um, you know, Frank is, you know, just every character gets a moment, which I love, especially for sitcoms. Cause that's so rare. Um, the background actors are even great. Like I love the sailor on the phone when Frank grabs the yeah. phone and is like, all right, goodbye. <laughs> and hangs it up. Moment. That is a great little moment that I feel doesn't gets ignored. He's yeah. just standing there having a nice conversation. And Frank just grabs the phone and goes, goodbye. And hangs up. <laughs> and it's Not only does that explain the character of Frank DeFazio in like three gestures, it also is great background acting from the extra. And it's just it's hilarious. It's really yeah. hilarious. Really good. A really tiny little 
moment that really, really works. Exactly. I, I kind of feel like in some respects what happened was that by focusing on this one location, they had all these days of shooting on one set that they were able to just like really block it out, rehearse it, get the timing down, get the performances down and just, you know, get those details in there. And actually, I just re- realized I need to look up this episode and see if the actor who played Buck was in any of the 70s crime movies I've seen because he looks damn familiar. Uh, you mentioned Frank having a really good moment. His entire moment where he's on a bullhorn trying to <laughs> uh, comfort his daughter and comfort Shirley is really, really great. It's yep. really, really funny. He's... <laughs> He just—he's all—he's just annoyed that they kind of blew up his bathroom because he just put towels in. That's for the brand new towels figures. Right. That's the one that ends up blowing up. And then the, the point after he's come and he's seen the girls and seen that they're all right, uh, Laverne asks, "Have you seen the bathroom pop?" And he goes, "Yeah, it's out on the street." <laughs> so, <laughs> what are you gonna do? He has to have fantastic insurance, basically. Because, yeah. gosh, can you imagine? Actually, this contrasts what we know in episode two, where Laverne is like petrified they're going to wreck the restaurant while she's running it. Because, mm-hmm. you know, Frank has sure it's this good. You know, yeah. whatever damage uh, dorks like Lenny and Squiggy can do to your restaurant is going to be minor compared to the bathroom blowing up. So, right, right. Interesting dissonance there. So, okay, real so I, I looked up uh, the actor. It's a hard-to-pronounce name. I'm actually going to pop this in. He is a sixth-generation Texan, born in 1944. Sure. I'm going to pop this to you over a private message so you can see that and wonder what. Um, yeah, so, I know. I <laughs> no, I remember the credits, and I couldn't, I couldn't pronounce his name either with the dark. Yeah, so so the <laughs> the, the best I'm going to try is is uh, Gwich or Geech Cook. I think is I think it is. I think you you might be on. I think you might be spot on there. Um, I think that might be the right pronunciation. So he was. If, if in, we're wrong, please correct us, folks. So he was. He got to play a colonel in American Ninja, which I believe is oh. that's one of the Dudikoff films, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mike Dud. Yeah, Mike Dudikoff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, it's one of those I always saw the um, VHS box and never watched the movie. However, he was the TV pitchman in Joe Dante's Piranha. So that's always fun. Things I didn't know. It's cool. Yeah, so he also so he also did a Lewis and Clark TV show in the early '80s, and he was on three episodes as a warden in Walker, Texas Ranger. Poor guy. Huh. Um, and looks like his last role was in 2012, but he is still listed huh. as alive on IMDb. Also, and of course, as pretty much everyone was at this time in the 1980, he was he had one one part in The Love Boat. <laughs> The interesting thing about the Love Boat and this cast is, I think only David was on the Love Boat out of really? all of our main characters. I'm pretty sure David was on. I know Michael didn't do it. He was on Murder She Wrote instead. Oh, playing yet good, another good scummy good lawyer. Man. Playing yet another, <laughs> yeah, playing yet another scummy executive taking a break from doing a lot of scummy lawyer roles that he ended up picking up somewhere in the 80s and 90s. But. Um, uh yeah i don't think anybody else from the show was on love boat maybe cindy was on i'll have to check i'd have to hmm. check that yeah get that, check that get, get that get that venn diagram out you know or that little family <laughs> tree it'll be the it'll be the 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 van shirley project <laughs> that that is right. that is a deep mystery science theater 3000 master ninja reference for anyone who God, i haven't watched been, that episode for yeah, four centuries yeah. um Okay, so 
I would rank this. This is a high nine for me. This is a high nine for me. This is such a good episode. It mm-hmm. is funny. It's got little tiny little bits of uh, you got you got, you got your pure comedy. You got your feels in here. You got mm-hmm. your camaraderie between the girls. The girls will do anything for one another, and that is the point of the show. Deep down, in the end, you got a little bit of your ship tease. Little tiny, little tiny bits of ship tease, and you get a lot. I get some darn good guest actors. So ultimately, it's yep. a nice package of great writing, great direction, um, uh, great performances. So this is a high nine for me. You should nice. look it up. Very cool. Yeah. Is there anything else we want to cover? I mean, it, it, I, it, I guess it's the one downer with an episode that's kind of this nice and contained. Is there's not. There's only so far we can take it without like just dissecting every little like bit of blocking or something. Yeah, I was like, I, I was like, oh, I could. Uh, well, you always you could. I was gonna say, actually, no, no. I was actually gonna bring up the fact that you're the fact that they have the boys. The boys are sitting there. They're playing the game. They don't get kicked out by Frank, which is what I thought was interesting. Frank can't get rid of them. And even mm-hmm. the girls aren't going to step in and get rid of them, which I thought was funny. And then when Charles tries to do it, the girls intervene and go, no. Well, Laverne intervenes, basically, and goes, no, don't do that. They're my friends. And that's mm-hmm. the first little hint, the first little real little hint you get in the series that these guys aren't just these annoying, basically perverts who have been bugging them since they were, like, teenagers and before that. They've known them since they were, like, six years old. If right. you want to go with the, we were kicked out of the brownies. I've known you since I was roughly six. There's mm-hmm. an interesting uh, canon that's coming up in, uh, season, in about season three. We find out that Laverne's mother died when Laverne was young, but before she met Shirley. But it was definitely in Milwaukee. Wow. Because her body's buried in Milwaukee. So she had to have died around when she was four or five, and then they met when they were in uh in grade school and that's where she they also met the boys and that's where they also met Carmine and mm. probably Fonzie so which is interesting so if you really really think about it right because I'm I, I guess what I'm trying to figure out is what you mean is I guess if I'm understanding correctly it's you're pointing out a thought similar to mine which is is that if Laverne has any sort of misgivings about the situation about the evening because it is a little weird for a cowboy yeah. to decide well I've never been to the big city I want to go bowling um, <laughs> in your little restaurant your in the middle of a restaurant. restaurant and um, I almost kind of wonder like does she keep them around because she has this weird like little tick in the back of her head saying something's maybe Shirley's right maybe something's up and yeah, yeah. and so I wonder because again I'm just again I'm coming from that dramatic yeah. writing perspective because yeah. that's the kind of motivation yeah. that I would be working with in most of, like the noir and yeah. horror stories that I write it's either that or she uh, genuinely is trying to protect them on some level because she doesn't want them to get beaten up. She doesn't want them to get hurt, but she also doesn't want them there because she thinks she's going to be on this fabulous date, but she's not. Oops. Right. <laughs> such is life. Yep. Such is life in sitcoms. <laughs> Comedy is situational. Just have, yeah, you run into situations that um, are comedic for the audience and very terrible for you. <laughs> yeah. So. Living is hard. Comedy is easy. <laughs> they'll, they'll, they'll say the opposite but no no uh, we all know the opposite is true god all right okay anyway. yeah but cool awesome well i guess 
I guess, do you think that's all for today? Yeah, I think that's all for this episode. All right. Buy it. Go see it. You can't buy these episodes individually. So you're going to have to watch them on Logo or you're going to have to try to uh, buy the DVD sets. Go buy these DVD sets, kids. Yeah, give, support physical media. Support money. physical media. Support physical media. <laughs> I'm very passionate That's about That's literally the media. only way to get them. This is just the saddest thing. You can only watch a show on Logo. Or you can buy the DVDs. They were not. They don't have these individually available for purchase. They do not have mm. them on streaming anywhere. And it's which is come on CBS, come on CBS. I, I wonder if they're holding. The bone. God, you got to figure like are they hold it out for high def transfers or something? Because I don't think there's an H, uh, 1080p uh, rips of these yet. Because the DVDs obviously were yeah. probably from a ten, like a 720 yeah. or 1080 source. But uh, a sorry. season one was remastered. Season one was remastered for the DVD release. I know that okay. much. Okay. Which explains why it's higher quality. By the time we get to like around season five, uh, CBS was just basically just shoving these out with music edits because they just wanted to get the series out the door. Uh, you'll notice a difference in quality in the releases as we go on, sadly. Hmm. Um, Interesting. But I don't know if it's an HD situation. I don't know if it's a music rights situation. If it's a music rights situation, it can't be that bad. Because Happy Days is on CBS's uh, little app. Yeah. There. It's on their and, platform. In and its I entirety. I would assume most of the same, the, the same, because I mean, God, like most of the music that exists in the world and popular music is owned by only three different companies at this point. So you would, especially stuff from the 50s and yeah. 60s. Yeah. So you'd, you'd figure that they would just, they just have to go to one company and then just go across the street to the other and make a deal, man. I don't know why it's suddenly starting to sound like a Peter Laurie version of Jack Nicholson. I was going to say, but... why, are you, why are you suddenly Peter Laurie? I was okay. going, literally what I was just about to ask you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know why they're not throwing us a bone on this. I don't know if Mork and Mindy is available. I don't, I know Happy Days definitely is. But Laverne Shirley is nowhere right now. Nowhere except for Logo and DVDs. So buy those mm. DVDs, convince them that they want, that we want this. Give, a, give them a little, hey, 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 we're out here. We're an audience. We're interested. And maybe we'll get it on streaming somewhere. That's my goal. Yeah, get the show on streaming. Yeah. Yes, get the show on streaming. And you out there need to, we're passing the buck to you because we're too busy doing these episodes. <laughs> I bought my DVDs. I watched this on Logo all the time. I am one of like five people watching this on Logo in the wee hours of the morning, live tweeting the crap out of it. So, come on, audience. Come on, guys. Come on. Throw your weight on in. <laughs> Don't put your weight on it. All right. Anyway, well, thanks again Shoulder. for joining us, everybody. I guess uh, I guess we'll do the social media shout-outs. I guess uh, make sure to find us out there on the Twitters and the Face of All Books and the the, the Tumblin, Tumblin, Tumblers. And, um, and yeah, we, st- we still got that Patreon. Make sure to... You know, give it, throw us, a, throw us some shekels if uh, if you feel you're feeling inclined, and um, we'll be having some incentives and stuff. I think, I, I guess, in the in the future. And I've got some good ideas for that. I've yeah. got like three or four good ideas for that. So, which I haven't even told Chris about yet. That's coming, <laughs> but I've got a few ideas, and we will indeed um, make it worth your while. Excellent. Yeah, it's. I mean, that's the main thing. Is yeah, we we enjoy doing the show. Episodes like this are why we we love doing this. And um, and yes. yeah. So thanks again for for joining us. Um, so anything? I, I think I'm 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 good. Is all I kind of need to say. Oh, that's right. The places to find us. The the Twitter is night after. Uh, it's yeah. It's night after night PC, 
and then yeah. um, and then on uh, Facebook, it's Night After Night Pod, and actually, yeah, it's Night After Night Pod for most social media platforms. Everywhere. We're yeah. everywhere on every social media platform as Night After Night Pod, except for Twitter because Twitter hates complete complete words, and that's why we're, we're that's why we're Night After Night PC on Twitter. But yep, hey, come come find us. Yeah. But but please please we we ask you stop stop blowing up our bathroom it's uh it's a bit messy. <laughs> and you can send us questions or comments at nightafternightpod at gmail dot com. Send us that good mail through the Gmail. Yes, come come speak to us. Thank you. Mm-hmm.